This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. Hi, Brady. And Brady, happy Mardi Gras to you. Woohoo! Fat Tuesday. We For anybody it. who doesn't really know how Mardi Gras works, it's divided up over about a week. And then Tuesday is the official day, and they call it Fat Tuesday. And man, if you're in New Orleans, you better have found a parking spot about a month prior because yeah. it, the, city, the city is an ocean of people. Well, let me ask you this. Are you giving anything up after in the, in the tradition of, of uh, fat Tuesday? Is there anything you're going to be giving? You know up? what? I think I'm going to give up smoking. Really? Because well, that's smoke. funny because you don't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But may yeah. as well. Wait. Yeah. May as well. But Hey, you want to go ahead and jump into minute number 96 of Jurassic park? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Dr. Alan Grant admire a flock of Gallimimus. As the minute ended, we saw the three watch a Tyrannosaurus Rex tear a Gallimimus apart. At minute number 96, Lex tells Grant that she is ready to leave. Grant tells her to stay low and follow him. Tim stays behind and watches the Rex. He says, look how much blood. Grant reaches up and pulls him out of frame. At 95.14, we smash cut to a shot of Ellie descending the staircase of the safety bunker. She is saying to herself, God, something went wrong. She walks into the main room and announces that something happened and that something went wrong. Muldoon walks into frame, gripping his hat. There's a tense air hanging heavy in the room. Malcolm is sitting up on a table and is being tended to by John Hammond. Hammond says that this is all just a delay and that any major theme park would have a delay. Hammond says that when Disneyland opened, none of the rides worked. Malcolm tells Hammond that if Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Ellie tells Hammond that she can't wait anymore and that she needs to do something. Ellie announces that she is going to go turn the power back on. Muldoon tells Ellie that she can't just stroll down the road. Hammond tells everyone not to be hasty and that it's only been... Hammond looks at his watch and doesn't finish his statement. Muldoon walks off and unlocks a cabinet. He tells Ellie that he is going with her. At 96.54, the camera cuts to Malcolm, who sits up on the table and watches Muldoon uncomfortably. At 96.57, Muldoon opens his cabinet and pulls a shotgun out. And thus ends minute number 96 of Jurassic Park. So uh, in this minute, just uh, I guess a lot of setup and, you know, of what we need to do to, se- to separate Muldoon and Ellie from Hammond and Malcolm. And you don't really see a whole lot. Now, is this the last time you see Malcolm in the movie? You know... Well, I mean, I mean, you see him again, but I think this might be yeah. his last line. No, no, it's not. I take that back because no, yeah, he does yeah, take yeah. the the walkie-talkie in a minute and kind of commandeer, commandeer helping Ellie out when she's going through. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it is strange that one of your most pivotal character, maybe the most pivotal character in the entire story, uh, as well as definitely the one that the audience has had their their eye on the most. I mean, he's so charismatic. Anytime Jeff Goldblum's on screen, you're looking at him. And... For him to uh, to just kind of up and disappear, I know his his place in the story might not be needed that much at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it's so for him to just kind of up and disappear. I, I know that he he may, his presence may not need to be there, but uh, and also you know in an original draft of the script he was supposed to have died, and you can kind of tell that anything they're giving him from that moment from the T Rex attack on is just sort of like kind of a shoe in, like they need some dialogue here there, and the most he does is ask simple questions 
But yeah, so, I, I think it's pretty funny. Well, actually, it's in the next minute. Uh, there is a little funny comedic part with Malcolm. But there's a very funny part where Malcolm is sitting up in this scene and he's kind of watching Muldoon uh, unlock that yes. gun cabinet. And it's very strange because he kind of has this yes. look on his face like, oh, what's he doing? What's in that cabinet? Oh. Yeah, it's, it's very deliberate. Now, uh, you know, obviously, that's probably just um, something that they shot to kind of bridge sure. Muldoon getting the bullets, getting the gun out or whatever. Because otherwise, this but, is one continuous shot this whole this yeah. whole minute. Yeah. But anytime Ian Malcolm is on screen, you know, his thought, whatever is going through his head at that moment is important. So for them right. to have this shot that's a good, I don't know, three, four seconds long, he's sitting up, looks very pensive, camera's pushing in on him. It's, it's too deliberate. It's almost like that's there for them to be saying, to conveying something to us. What the hell could it be? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, the only thing I, I, could, I could wonder is maybe he's uh, scared of guns. I don't know, you know, but yeah, at this point... Like, okay, now, yeah, or, or right, yeah, that, that maybe he's come to this point that yeah. he's going to actually have to break out the shotgun and, uh, you know, go raptor hunting. So, but, uh, you know, there's yeah. uh, John Hammond says that none of the rides were working on the first day that Disneyland opened. And uh, I was looking into this a little bit because I think that's kind of like an urban legend. But I do know that on the opening day of Disneyland, they shot a uh, like a live action or it was live to ABC, uh, this like live special of the park opening. And at the very beginning, uh, it's not Danny Kay. I can't remember who the host is. He says actually directly into the camera, like, forgive us if not, if everything isn't working right now. There's nothing like this has been done before. No live broadcast. It's using this many cameras and setups all around the park. And it's uh, it's very chaotic. Like they'll, every now and then they'll cut to a camera and somebody's supposed to be standing there. I think Ronald Reagan is in it. And at one point they're supposed to cut to Ronald Reagan and he's nowhere to be found just because they got the wrong camera or whatever. But, uh, but Ian Malcolm does say that when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Yeah. That's right. They don't do that. Also, Pirates was not an opening attraction in 1960, uh, 60, excuse me, 1955, whenever it uh, opened. Uh, but it did yeah. it did come along down the line in uh, 1967. Of course, Walt Disney did not live to see that ride uh, get made. But uh, it's but you know what? It's still a pretty funny joke. And I remember it. Uh, it's being, a funny joke, but that is hardly an apt comparison. And leave it to, to John Hammond to try and excuse something, try and redirect something right. uh, like a, a you know train of thought. But for him to say nothing worked when I, I think I've heard that there was something like the they didn't have enough water and the cement was so fresh that people's high heels was sinking into it and yeah and then the opening day for this it's not even the official opening day people are being eaten yeah this isn't even a soft opening I mean like there's you know the in a minute we're gonna see the visitor they still haven't finished the visitor centers a hole enough big enough in the wall for a Tyrannosaurus Rex to walk through for Christ's yeah. sake you know like that's right. uh, <laughs> an engineering problem right there. You know, uh, at the very beginning of the minute, whenever Grant and the kids are still looking over the side of the log, um, Lex does some interesting stuff throughout this movie where, you know, when she's screaming, he left us, he left us, she's so shell-shocked that she can only get out the most basic points of something she's trying to convey verbally. And she just says the words, go now. And I I find that interesting. Not, let's go now, or can we go, or it's just, that's all she can muster is the two key words of to leave well, the so. poor thing's mortified you know she's been through so much yeah. at this point and grant and tim are just like you know uh in, entranced by what's yeah. going on and she's the same when there it's like guys we need to get out of here that thing that all that you know that dinosaur that almost smushed me in a car yesterday is standing right there i want to go now <laughs> you know like i'm yeah. surprised she was able to even get those words out because i probably just would have turned tail and run okay here's a question how do you get to the emergency bunker um, I can pull up a map if you give me just a second. I can actually give you direction yeah, on how to get take, from one place to another. Minute, so. Take a minute to do that because as we've already established, I think Ray would have had to have, you know, in order for him to get to the utility shed, 
fire the power back up, he would have actually had to have gone outside. Now, if you go outside in this movie, you're going to die. There's going to be a dinosaur waiting outside the door to get you. Um, that's been established. So, you know, for him to, uh, yeah. Uh, so for them to have already established that, and even when Muldoon and Ellie step outside of the emergency bunker later, they're so cautious and so slow and he's got the gun already drawn. Yeah. So it's just further emphasizing the point that like, if you're outdoors, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And I did notice that too, when he, first steps out the first thing he does is he's got his gun drawn and ready to start capping dudes in the face or raptors as the case may be but uh yeah uh yeah. so it's it's like how do you get there do you have to go outdoors together or can you get there via the yeah like uh, uh tunnels and stuff like that yeah so okay so the visitors so the emergency bunker is located north of the visitor center but the raptor pen is located south of the visitor center and Muldoon dies south of the raptor pen. The utility shed is even further south of all of that. So in order for them to get from the emergency bunker to where the raptors pen is, it's, I have to believe that there's some sort of underground tunnel, right? Because they go from the emergency bunker. It looks like either to, to Hammond's bungalow, which is west of the visitor center, uh, because they they do step out very close to the raptor pen, if if I'm correct. Yeah, like right next. Yeah, to it. like right next to it. So that means that that emergency exit had to be south of the visitor center. So and there's they're they're shown just going straight out of that bunker. So and of course when they shot this movie, they probably didn't have a map handy where they can be like, all right, realistically, where are all these things supposed to be? It was probably done after the fact, you know. And it's funny because when you look at a map of Jurassic Park, the primary focus of everything is on the east side of the island that's where like all the dinosaur paddocks are that's the tyrannosaurus rex and where the tyrannosaurus rex like attack happens is on the the far east side of the island the visitor center is almost to to the the west coast of the island so it's a lot of it is concentrated there like on the east coast we don't really see a lot of anything there's like the iguanodon in compound there's a wind power station a airport a helipad a geothermal power plant to the to the south and then to the north there's a a herrerasaurus pin i believe and that has the highest elevation in jurassic park so um and i really don't know who put this map together i don't know if it's 100 percent official but there are other maps of jurassic park that seem to go in line with each other but i found this one here yeah. on DeviantArt, and it, you know it looks it looks pretty good but let me pull over to the right real quick because it looks like there is a legend and let me see if there are there are some working uh, some worker tunnels shown on the map but they do not mention if uh that connects all the compounds so yeah, you just have to imagine, like we were talking about Disneyland earlier, and I guess in this case it would be Disney World, mm-hmm. they have the Utilidors, which is this extensive uh, underground city, basically, but it's all tunnels that connect different places right. to different places. They kind of set the standard for how amusement parks work, so that you don't see workers or actors going from place to place. They have these like secret tunnels underneath everything that they use. And I imagine, you know, with John Hammond's love of amusement parks and his design, you know, he knows when, you know, Disneyland opened, how it went. He probably had some sort of system like that in mind. So, yeah, I would believe that the emergency bunker, Hammond's bungalow, the visitor center, all that stuff is most likely connected by underground tunnel. Uh, that is all I have. For that minutes. is all I have as well. So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up today, folks. We're going to be back tomorrow with minute number 97. So thank you so much for joining us today. As always, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute.
You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Yeah.